Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the studios of Relate365.com in northern Wisconsin on the campus of Silver Ranch and Nicolay Bible Institute. If you've heard of one of those or if you haven't, head over to silverranch.org or NicolayBibleInstitute.com. See, I, I left that for you. Thank you very much. Because you're the dot-com guy. I am, and I, I'm looking for a, a, a extra job just doing dot-com for people. Good luck. Yeah, so if you're looking for a dot-com guy, <laughs> give me a call. So is that similar? <laughs> is that similar? You don't get it as much anymore, but back in, in kind of, well, it was when I was younger. So maybe your generation, whenever movie theatrical thing trailers came out. Yeah. You had that, that voice. That voice. In a land far, far away. Yes. When the sun was shining. Yeah, you know there what? There was a man saying dot com. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, I've been told in life that I have a unique voice, but since I grew up with it, I've always not known that. And I still don't know that because it's the only voice I've ever had. Yes. So for me- When you can't really hear your own voice. You can't. And actually, when I listen to me on podcasts or radio, I don't like my voice. <laughs> So, so what you're saying is you wouldn't listen to the stuff you put out. I wouldn't. If I were you, I would, but I wouldn't listen to it if I'm me. But what if I have, what if I have similar tastes to you? Well, then you don't like my voice. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know. But we've had others. I mean, obviously, it's it's unique somehow. I've but had people tell me that your voice puts them to sleep. Yes, it does. Which is why uh, you've developed I, the I, nighttime program. I, so if you haven't right. heard of our nighttime or I shouldn't say hour. Yeah, it Relay is. Relay 365. Yeah, nighttime. N-I-G-H. T-I-M-E. That's right. One so word. head over to Relate365.com. You can check out the nighttime podcast. And Dave's sole purpose is to try to put you to sleep. It is. And it's trying to get you to think while you go to sleep because that's important to be able to do, but think on truth because it's the truth that actually sets you free and allows you to sleep. Yep. So anyway, that's the short of it or the long of it, whatever you want to call it. Hey, last time we were talking about Psalm 106 in the context of this pandemic we're in and that's right. other things. So. Uh, if you've missed the first one, as Jason said, you have to go back and get it. But we were talking about reasons why we thank God, and we talked about his goodness or being right, his steadfast love. But verse 2 in Psalm 106 grabs me, so I want to read that. And <laughs> so if you're, if you're picking up, yes, we took one episode to get through one verse. So okay. now we're picking Guilty. up. <laughs> Just joking. Guilty. <laughs> That's how it usually goes on yes, a program. But here we go. Number two, who can utterly... Who can utter the mighty deeds of the Lord or declare all his praise? I had to stop there when I read it. I, I said, well, I can do that. Mm -hmm. You think that's what it's saying? Who? Or what's that saying? Why is it saying who can utter the mighty deeds of the Lord and declare all his praise? Why is that phrase in there? It's, I think it's because um, we can do it to an extent, but right. not to the fullest extent. I think you're right. I think it's it's like who is actually qualified to know what God's doing to right. really give him credit for what he's doing. Right. I mean, we do. We praise. We thank God. Okay, I'll put you on the spot. What did God do today? What did God do today? Yeah, I woke that, up. I had breakfast with my boys. So he kept you alive? Yeah. So he's involved in keeping you alive? Yeah. I mean, the Bible says that he keeps the, the universe together moment by moment. Oh, so he's involved in keeping the universe together too. Which includes me. You know, and you. Pretty interesting. And this world. And Don't the, you think that's kind of- And kinda... the horse outside the window that I'm looking at? Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> Don't let him come in. That, so God is that big? That big. See, that's why who can actually understand him? Or as other people would say, that 
Huge. Huge. Yep. Anyway. I understand. But what's interesting to me is I think that none of us are really in a position to know how great God is, and anything that we do falls short of actually explaining who he is. And that's amazing to me. Here, here's a thought, a thing I wonder. Mm-hmm. We live in farm country. In fact, we're redoing our field right now. We're, we're chopping it all up. We're going to make the nicest grass field that you have ever seen in northern Wisconsin. Hopefully. I hope so. Yeah, I hope so, too. I hope it grows. My yard doesn't grow, so I hope it does better than gonna, my yard. <laughs> that's what I wondered. As, as, as our, on the way over here, I saw our field. I'm like, man, what if it doesn't grow? Yeah, but you know what? They're actually doing it like a farmer does it, not like I do it at home. So, hmm. you know, it's a, it's a little bit different. But here's my question. So a seed yes. is, is dead, right? No. It's not dead? No. It's uh, dormant. How, how is it dormant? I don't know. It's, it, by definition, it's dead. Well, then how is it dormant? What's the difference between dead and dormant? That's for you to figure out. But, oh, okay. But, Am I ruining your illustration? No. <laughs> no, but, well, in science, when I was in science. A gardener would just tell me that a seed is dormant. Yeah. Well, it, it, what make, let me ask you another question. What makes something alive? When it turns green. Okay. <laughs> I, that's not a good answer, but <laughs> I'll accept it if that's the one you want to give me. I'm wondering what, by definition, makes something alive. Are we talking about a plant? Anything. A what makes what makes a tree alive? Uh, when it when it I don't know shows growth. Okay. And it, if you put a stethoscope to a tree, can you hear like something going up and down it? I don't know. You can. Okay. <laughs> I've never tried. <laughs> because because the tree is alive. The tree actually breathes. Okay. It, it breathes in carbon dioxide and gives off oxygen. It actually takes nutrients from a dirty soil and takes them up the tree and turns it into sugar in the leaves in a process called photosynthesis. I remember that. Yeah. And technically, because seeds don't breathe, and they're technically dead. Dormant. Yeah, well, you can call them dormant because you, there's no other answer. I know. You have a master's in outdoor education. I but, get it. But you, <laughs> no, here, you're right in one way. But the, the, the difference between dormancy and, and death is the fact that dormant actually is breathing. And there's some kind of circulation of some sort. Sure. And that's not happening to a seed. By okay. definition. Well, it, I, that's something I learned. Yeah, so by definition, it's just, it's dead. Yes. In other words, there's no, there's nothing in it. It's alive. Sure. So in a seed, is there a thermostat of any kind? Not to my knowledge. I don't know of one either. So here, here's the dilemma I have. So you, you take this dead thing or extremely dormant thing, whatever you want to call it, and you put it in the ground. Yep. But it won't grow until the conditions are right. Correct. How does it know when the conditions are right? God made it that way. Yeah, but it doesn't have a brain. No. Another reason to wonder why it responds to the right temperature. The right moisture. The right, I mean, how does it do this? The well, right sunlight. Yeah. Why doesn't it just start in January up here with all the snow? Why didn't it start growing then? It's too cold. Well, we know that. <laughs> but what tells the seed that? All right, we're not going anywhere with this. Here, here's, here's what I do understand. Sorry, is that God? God is, yeah, but God is so immense, and that's the cool thing that it tells us that nothing's alive, right? 
apart from him making it alive. Right. So when I go by these these fields seeds. in harvest time, I look at all the seeds, the corn, and the and I think, oh God, you're busy. Hmm. And that's why I think that we have trouble any of us really understanding what God is really like. Right. And so even when we praise him, our praise really, it might be great for us. It might be absolutely you know, overwhelming for us as we praise God, but really it falls short of really understanding how big God really is. Mm-hmm. I think that's what the psalmist is saying. He's saying, you know what, here's some things you do know. He's right, he's good, he's steadfast, his love endures forever. So thank God for those things. Mm-hmm. Because in reality, you're gonna fall kind of shy. Yeah of expressing how great God is, really, because there's no way for you to comprehend it. We just talked about a seed, and we can't comprehend a seed, much less the universe or anything else that goes on out there that we can't figure out. Um, But I think it's amazing when you start putting it in that perspective, you begin to reason that even now in the COVID-19 stuff and even all, right now we get to enjoy God for who he is, and no matter how much I enjoy him, he's way beyond better than that. So that means this, Jason, for somebody your age and somebody your children's age, the rest of their life can be a discovery of how good he is, mm-hmm. and you'll never run out of that. Yeah. So I want to encourage you to do that, and I want to encourage you to challenge your kids to do that. Every day, learn something new about God and rejoice in it. Mm-hmm. that he's done like when the, the when the trees do have leaves come out of them what, one of the simple things i do believe it or not it through the years is i thank god often when i use maple syrup mm-hmm. because i think the whole process is fascinating yeah did you ever make syrup i have yeah how do we do it so we we you find a maple tree and you tap it with a I don't know the official term. Tap. A tap. Yeah, that's what they call them. Oh, I thought there was a name for it. No, they're actually called taps. Oh, okay. You tap it with a tap. Yeah. Rat-a-tat-tap. Tap. Yep. And then, uh, and then as springtime comes, the freeze, the, uh, the the freeze starts to come out of the tree, and so then, as you talked about earlier, the 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 sap on the inside starts flowing, and since you tapped it, it flows out into a bucket or into, and so then you take that and you boil it down, and you get this syrup. Right. And very simple explanation. What, and it's what, delicious. Yeah, what God did is he made it so that when it's uh, about a 40-degree difference, when it gets cold at night, warm during the day, the, the sap's all stored in the roots. It goes up that tree mm-hmm. and starts working on the buds to yeah. open them up because the sap is all sugar. And then it comes down the tree and goes it, when it, it freezes at night, it comes back down the tree. And that's when you want to catch it. When it goes up and down, it's called the sap's running. Mm-hmm. It's running up, it's running down, and you put a hole in the tree and you grab it right. and you take it out. Now think about that for a second. This sap was dirty water last summer. Mm-hmm. It was water sitting on the ground that the tree sucked in with its roots. Right. It sent that water, that moisture, up to a leaf. And in the leaf, when it combined with carbon dioxide, it combined with sunlight, um, and the green chlorophyll combined with all those things, it turned it into sugar. Uh, uh, you try and make sugar. Right. I mean, the tree does it. And then it sends it down and nourishes the whole tree. And what we do is we, we put a hole in the tree, we grab that sugar water, mm-hmm. we boil it down and get rid of the water, and it gives us this fantastic maple syrup. And if you don't see God in all of that, right. then you're not understanding. And yeah. that... 
That's the cool thing. Yeah. That's the mystery of it all. And that's the thing that I'm, I'm, I'm encouraging you with your young children and all of our listeners. Every day, look for things like that that God does that is beyond our comprehension mm-hmm. and just thank him for it. Right. I mean, you don't have to understand it. I still don't understand. I mean, scientifically, I understand the idea of photosynthesis mm-hmm. and what happens and how this combines with that and this combines with that. And I understand that. Yeah. I don't understand how it how, how it does it, though. Right, right. And if you never tapped a maple tree with a spile, is what it's called. Oh, a spile? Yeah. Yeah, nobody calls them that, Jason. Then uh, then you could try it next everybody year. It's a little here, too late this year. But, everybody uh, calls them taps. Okay. It's not too late for a birch tree. Birch tree? Have you made birch syrup before? I have. Really? Yeah, it's very, very interesting. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Birch syrup is actually very popular, I believe, in Canada and some other places. Um, Interesting. Yeah, you can tap. So can you tap any tree? No. Well, you can. Hypothetically? You can, but you're, you're, you know, the reason we call sugar maples sugar maples is because of the content of the sugar in their sap. They do a better job at, at turning. They have a higher sugar content sugar, than apple trees. Right. Which is probably why their leaves turn brighter colors. Right. In the fall, the, the brightest fall? sugar content. You know how the leaves turn? Another reason to thank God? No, this is great. Teach me. It, well, what happens is the the sunlight changes, and the tree recognizes that. And there's a trap door in the... You know how the leaf has a little stem on it? Yes. There, there's a trap door in there. Okay. And the trap door is a one-way door. So what happens is the sap goes up the tree like it normally does in the fall. Yep. It goes up the tree, goes into the leaf. Okay. And it goes through that trap door, but the door shuts and you can't get back out. Okay. So this leaf keeps taking on sap that that is is getting turned into sugar, and the sugar can't leave the leaf. Okay. So eventually, the the leaf has so much sugar in it, it turns a bright color. Huh. Interesting. But it's all sugar at that point. Yeah. Now think of this because it gets really cooler yet. So at some point, the the leaf is just Busting with sugar, and that's why the trees with the high sugar content go red because of the color. The trees with a little sugar content but not really great go yellow, like yep. birch trees go yellow. And uh, trees like oaks, they stay brown. Hmm. They don't have a real high sugar content. Interesting. So you look at it and by the color of the leaves, so you would know that sumac has a lot of sugar in it because it's always very bright red. So should you tap a sumac? I'm not sure I'm not saying anything here. I, I think pe- <laughs> I think people have. Can I quote you on that? I think people have. They wager. I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure about that. I, I no. But it has a high sugar content as the, the leaves. But then it then right there, right there, you know, somewhere where it doesn't damage the future leaf that's gonna come out, the leaf all of a sudden lets go. Have you ever been outside in the fall up here when all the leaves let go at once? Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. It's really cool. There were a couple times, and I've been here 50-some years, but there's a couple times where the wind's been just no wind at all, silent, and it's outside, and it's time for the leaves to come off the trees, and it's like raining leaves all at once. Mm -hmm. It really stops you dead in your tracks because it's just an amazing sight. Mm -hmm. And so these, these things, these leaves come off the trees. When they come off the trees, what, what were they full of? Sugar. Now what are they going to do? Die. And they're going to rot into the ground and become the nutrients for that tree for the years to come. Hmm. God has a way. So here's what we did in Chicago. We had a tree. We raked up the leaves, and we went and bought fertilizer and put it on the ground. 
Hmm. Because we took all the fertilizer away. You took the leaves away. Yeah. It would have been better to grind the leaves and put them back down. Mulch. And if you grind the leaves and put them back down, you have all the sugar content from the leaves. Interesting. That are going into so the soil. So is it good to eat dead leaves then? Uh, for you, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you probably could eat maple leaves, but please don't. Anybody listen to me as an authority because for all I know, they have COVID-19 in them. I have no idea. I'll make your birthday cake. Yeah, I have no idea. Out of maple leaves. Thank you very much. Dead ones. Yeah. Well, in, in any case. In any case. What we are talking about is just verse 2 of this chapter, which basically said, who can really utter the mighty deeds of the Lord? And I want to encourage all of our listeners during this time, every single day, look for something that you haven't thought about that God does faithfully. Yeah. And enjoy a moment with God. Just doing that. Just enjoy a moment with him saying, thank you for the maple syrup. Thank you for fertilizing the forest. Mm-hmm. Um, even the storm that came through. I can remember saying, God, oh, fun, in this sense. Forests need to grow up. They need to get mature. Something has to happen for that to, to happen, actually. So during the many, many, many years ago here, there was a fire. It was uh, at the same time the Chicago fire. It was called the Pestigo Fire. Okay. Came through, wiped out a bunch of mature pine trees. So if you go out in the woods, you're going to see all these huge stumps. And the reason you're going to see them is because this forest used to provide lumber unbelievable for building and whatever else needed to be done. Well, we had a fire go through. It wasn't well known. We had more deaths up here than in Chicago, but it happened simultaneously at the same Mm -hmm. time. And the fire went through and wiped it out. Now, what happens after a fire is that you usually have a cover crop come up. Mm-hmm. The cover crops are usually the aspen or popple trees, we call them, and birch trees, uh, small pine trees eventually come back up. But the, the hardwoods come up, and they kind of take over for a while because a mature forest is really pine, white pine, and hmm. those kinds of things. So you have this hardwood forest that begins. The birch trees are really limited in their lifespan. They're, you know, you get a 50-year-old birch tree, you've got an old tree. Yeah. So they kind of come up, and, and when we first came to camp 50 years ago, this place here was full of birch trees, hmm. full. In fact, when you would stand at the canteen, which is right on a hill overlooking the lake, mm-hmm. the whole hill was white. Wow. The whole hill. If you go to the Dane stand, do you know what it looks like? Oaks and maples. No, not anymore. No? It's actually pine. Oh, is it pine? Yeah, hemlocks and some other things that have come up. There are a lot of oaks and maples there, but they got wiped out. So there's mostly pine there now. But what happens is there's something that that has to happen to the forest for it to get mature. The hardwoods have to get out of there somehow. Mm -hmm. They'll either get crowded out by the pines or they get wiped out some way. Well, they got wiped out here. Now the pines are going to come up. Yeah. And, and so it's like, in one way, I'm looking at the cycle of life that takes place. Um, and now we in this area are concerned about forest fires because that's a cycle of life. Right. And to pretend that that would never happen is ridiculous. Right. Because that's a very natural thing that happens in the woods. And knowing the way things have been going, that's yep. around the corner somewhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know. However, we're working at making fire breaks and all that kind of thing and, and making sure that that and, you know, doesn't happen as best we can. All of this to say, if we can take a moment in, in the hard times of life and at least try and adjust our thought process, 
whether it be a storm, whether it be this COVID-19, whether it be we lost our business, if we could stop for a moment and every day try and think of something, some characteristic of God, something of God that we have never thought about before that would stretch our imagination even. Mm-hmm. Um, I can give you some of the things that, that I've done in the past when I want to do this, a little exercise. It's like, okay, God, today, right now, you're listening to me talk. Mm-hmm. But you're also listening to somebody in India. Right. Right there, I stop and think, boy, you're amazing. Mm-hmm. Not only that, you're actually paying attention to both of us. Mm-hmm. And not only that, you care. Mm-hmm. So then I, I make this list of things that is going on right at that moment. And by the time I'm done, I'm going, oh, God, you are big. Mm-hmm. You are amazing. Isn't that what we're supposed to do in life? And that's what keeps us going forward, I think. So. I don't know how you could get your kids to get in that habit. Maybe you do it as a family mm-hmm. every day and say, every day we're going to talk about something mm-hmm. that God did. I mean, um, and it can be very simple to very profound. Yeah. But uh, the simple thing is, I, I, have you ever just been stopped at a sunrise or sunset and said, thanks, God? Mm-hmm. See, that's the fun thing right there, too. Right. Admitting the fact that he does that. So anyway. Read Psalm 6, 106. We're not going to finish it, I'll bet. <laughs> Why do you say that? Because we're on verse 2. That's okay. We're taking our time. Yeah, what else no. are we going to do in quarantine? I don't know. This, <laughs> maybe we'll have to come back and continue to do it. That's right. You know, then it goes on talking about that blessed are those who observe justice and who do, do righteousness all the time. Don't, whenever I read all, all time or all the time in the Bible, I, I always pause. It's like, really, God, do you expect me to do right all the time? Do you think God expects us to do right all the time? Uh, no. No, realistically, he's made provision for when we fail. I was going to say, the whole point of Jesus is because he, he knew we couldn't do it right all the time. Okay, but let's back that bus up. Okay. Do you expect your children to do right? No. Okay. Do you give them the standard of what it is? Try to. Do you hope they choose to do right? Oh, absolutely. That's realistic. Right. The difference with God, and here's what blows my mind, is he knows whether we're going to do it or not because mm-hmm. he's already in the future because he doesn't live in time, but we do. So that's weird. Yeah. But it's cool. And the fact that he still loves us even though we fail. So here's my goal. My goal is very simple. When I do know what's right, mm-hmm. I need to do what's right. Yes. That's all. That, right. That's really, and that's what he's saying here. He's saying, you know, blessed are those who observe justice. They, they don't take advantage of people. They make sure things are done correctly with people. That's the justice part. And, and you know, they really do right all the, at all times. They're looking to do right. They're not looking to take advantage of somebody. They're not, and, and the psalmist is saying, you know, blessed are those who do that mm-hmm. because there is a right out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure that I always know what the right is, but God does. And right. so... What I tell our, our kids in our club all the time and people that come to camp is it's just so important that when you absolutely know what right is that you do it. Mm-hmm. We're not asking you to do things you don't know, but there's some things you know are right. Mm-hmm. And when you know they're right, like Old Testament story, one that I love going to, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Yep. They knew they shouldn't bow to Nebuchadnezzar. They knew that was right, not right. to do it. Mm-hmm. So they didn't. Okay. 
If they didn't know that, if that was foggy, that'd be another story. But they knew that was a very simple thing that God said. Don't have any other gods before me. You're not to bow down to any other. That was clear. Mm -hmm. So they took a stand there because it was clear. I'm sure there were other things that weren't clear in life that they didn't take a stand on. Mm -hmm. But they knew that one. At the beginning with Daniel, they all took a stand on not eating, you know, food that was whatever they weren't supposed to. Again, they knew what was right there, so they acted on it. Um, as you know what's right, you need to do what's right. And I think that little phrase would be good for like your kids to keep hearing over and over again. Okay, you didn't know, but when you know what's right, I expect you to do what's right. When you know what's right, I expect you to do what's right. Until it's so ingrained in their head. Right. You know, that, yeah, because it's the way God treats us. Mm-hmm. You know, if I know it's right to be generous, should I be generous? Yeah, absolutely. If I know it's right to be kind, should I be kind? Of, of course. Uh, all we got to do is do what we know is right. Mm-hmm. And then the stuff that's foggy, too many people focus on that. There isn't that much that's foggy, really. I mean, should I give $10 or $20? Okay, that's foggy. I don't know. But do what's right. Do, mm-hmm. Be generous. Right. Um, and that's what's actually right. So it goes, remember me, O Lord. It says, you know, the psalmist saying, remember me, O Lord, verse 4, when you show favor to your people, help me when you save them that I may look upon the prosperity of your chosen ones and I may rejoice in the gladness of your nation and I may glory with your inheritance. I love it as he goes on here and he says, you know what, God, would you give me the opportunity to see people who do it right and rejoice in the fact that they're doing it right? Mm -hmm. So here's another challenge for everybody listening. Find people doing something right and rejoice in the fact that they're doing right. Yeah. Because it's not... um, I've said it so often as we've worked with kids, it's it's not unusual to see somebody do something wrong. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's unusual to see them do it right. Yeah. So when you see right, when you see somebody demonstrating right, rejoice in the fact that they did. Encourage them to continue to do right. That's our job, and that's all the psalmist is asking here. He realizes our inadequacy to see everything right. He realizes where we can't see everything about God. He realizes that God's the only one that's right all the time. But he's asking God to allow him to look on the chosen ones, the people in God's family, and rejoice with those who rejoice in the gladness of his people, that that he can glory in the inheritance of being in God's family, what that looks like. Um, He wants to look on the victory, Mm. not just focus on the defeat. Mm -hmm. And uh, even in this COVID-19, 19 stuff people are doing things right there are people that are doing right things so let's focus on that and not all the negativity um there are people doing things wrong too but the focus should always go to the right not the wrong Mm -hmm. and uh, we admit what's wrong and we don't have time to get into it today but we admit what's wrong but we focus on what's right right and that's that's important and i think it's something that we can even look at even even going back to the top of the episode you know if you have children or you know even if yourself just take a pause and look around and and look at the things that God is holding together, you know, in the midst of the chaos, whether it's looking at the sunrise, the sunset, the stars, if you have enough city lights out where you can see stars and it's not too bright or whatever it is, you know, just look around, you know, here we have the maple trees that we can look at. And so take advantage of it. Just take a pause, turn off the news for once, take a break from that and, uh, and just see what's around you. 
and I encourage uh, encourage you to do that. But uh, that's all the time we have for today. We made it a little bit further in Psalm 106. <laughs> you can read the whole Psalm. And so I encourage you to read that or go back and listen to the other Psalms that we've talked about in recent episodes. Just head over to Relate365.com and check that out. Otherwise, this is Jason and Dave here on Younger and Older. We'll see you next time. Take care. Bye-bye.